This recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid. For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides, please visit www.greenlanemasjid.org. And alhamdulillah, nahmaduhu wa nasta'inuhu wa nastaghfiruhu wa na'udhu billahi min shururi anfusina wa min sayyi'ati a'malina. Man yahdihillahu fala mudilla lahu, man yudlil fala hadiya lahu. وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمد عبده ورسوله أما بعض فإن خير الكلام كلام الله وخير الهدى هدى رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الأمور محدثاتها وكل محدثة بدعة وكل بدعة ضلالة وكل ضلالة في النار وموسى at the end of the book 40 hadith of the da'wah and the du'at come to a tremendous hadith connected to a da'wah Allah connected to people who are giving da'wah and that is the hadith that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentioned لن للأبدية لن يهلك الناس حتى يعذروا من أنفسهم. The Prophet says, "Sallallahu alaihi wasallam, the people will not be destroyed until they don't leave any more excuses for themselves. Allah will not make the ihlak and the tadmir, the destruction of the community of people, until they have exhausted all avenues of having excuses." The meaning of the hadith is that if people go overboard with disobeying Allah, falling into vanub and ma'asi, and going against the dictates of the Quran and the Sunnah, then Allah Ta'ala will give them a chance. But if the people, they exceed the boundaries and they exceed the limits, and you find them falling into the kaba'ir, they're not making tawbah they're not reflecting and coming back to Allah although they made mistakes if they continue to transgress and then they leave no more excuses for themselves then that's when Allah Azawajal will punish the people so there's not a person here except that he makes mistakes and he makes sins if a person keeps making sins there are a lot of things that happen one of the things is that a black spot goes over the heart and he won't be able to stop sinning and his heart will die, become black. The person makes sins and he turns to Allah no matter how big the sin is, no matter how many times it was in severity, Allah will forgive the individual provided that he knows that he has a Lord who is forgiven. Al-Ghaffar, he is a tawab oft forgetting, merciful but when we have a situation where everyone is making al-israf and they're going overboard and there's no toba and the people keep doing it then Allah will punish them and he will destroy them he mentioned in the Quran la yu'akhidullahu nasa bima kasabu walakin yu'akhiruhum ila ajran musamma Allah azawajal if he were to take everyone and make them responsible and he destroyed them for what they did 
or for what they didn't do, the things that they should have been doing and they didn't do it, Allah wouldn't leave on the earth a single human being. So that shows if people keep going overboard and they don't make tawbah and they don't try to avoid the sins and they don't give da'wah and they don't give advice, if they do that, then once all of that is exhausted, then that's when Allah will destroy them. So from the benefits of this hadith, this is a tremendous hadith, it shows us that Allah Azawajal, He loves giving people excuses. Al-Udhr, that's the singular, Al-A'dhar is the plural. Allah Ta'ala loves to give excuses for people. And He won't punish you because He gives you excuses. The Prophet mentioned in the authentic hadith, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, La ahad ahabu ilayhi al-udhr min Allah min ajri dhalika ba'ath al-nabiyyin mubashirin wa mundhirin This hadith is said al-Bukhari Muslim Rasulullah described Allah Azza wa Jalla he said there is no one who loves the excuse more than Allah you know when you make a mistake and you made a mistake because you're ignorant you made a mistake because you didn't know you prayed towards the wrong direction for the Qibla for an example you made a mistake you were asked a question you're the sheikh you're the mufti you asked a question about the religion and you thought what you were saying was true but you forgot you forgot the ayah you forgot the hadith and you made a mistake just because you were hungry you were extremely angry you were extremely cold extremely un- hung angry, hungry, tired. So as a result of losing your equilibrium, you made a mistake. Allah loves to give that person an excuse. He said, no one loves the excuse more than Allah. And this is why Allah sent the Nabiyeen. He sent the messengers and He sent them as Mubashireen and Mundireen. The prophets came and they gave glad tidings. They gave glad tidings to people ignorant. They made mistakes. They gave glad tidings to people who were compelled and they were forced to do something that was wrong. They really didn't want to do it. They were compelled. So those prophets and messengers came and told them, Your Lord is Arham Rahimi. Your Lord is Al Latif. Your Lord is Al Halim. But those prophets and messengers also were Mundirin. They warned the people. They warned the people about the mistakes that they made. So this hadith goes to show. That Allah He loves excuses. He mentioned in the Quran, Subhanahu wa Taala, Rusulan Mubashirin wa Mundirin, li alla yakuna linnasi ala Allahi hujjatun baad al-Rasul, wa kan Allahu azizan hakima. Allah has sent many messengers, many Rasul, and He sent them Mubashirin, Mundirin. He sent them to the people giving glad tidings and also warning them so that the human beings they won't have anything to say any excuses with Allah and Allah is Hakim Allah is Aziz so Yomul Qiyamah people will come like the baby who died in the Fetra in the Fetra in the Fetra he died an old man an old lady will come and they lost their minds. A person who would come, Yom Qiyamah, he never heard the dawah of Al-Islam. 
Allah won't punish those people because they had excuses. They may be tested, or Allah Ta'ala will do with them what He wants to do with them. Some hadith show us that they'll be tested. Allah Ta'ala mentioned in the Quran, وَمَن يُشَاقِقِ الرَّسُولِ مِن بَعْدِ مَا تَبَيَّنَ لَهُ الْهُدَى وَيَتَّبِعْ غَيْرَ سَبِيلِ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ نُوَلِّهِ مَا تَوَلَّى وَنُصْبِهِ جَهَنَّمْ وَسَاءَتْ مَصِيرًا Anyone who opposes the messenger after the knowledge comes to him after he has ilm and he's in opposition to the truth it's not the person who curses the companions they're ignorant, they grew up cursing the companions doing the yarmi and the khatam saying that if a dead person dies we can say rahmatullah on that dead non-Muslim no matter who they are making dua lighting candles he believes that because he's a new Muslim he's ignorant ignorant Allah doesn't punish people when they go against the religion until they understand and they know what they're doing and what they're saying those people who go against the Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and they're in opposition to the way of the companions Radwanullah Alayhim the way of the Salaf Allah won't punish them until knowledge came to them and they did it with knowledge but if they did it with knowledge Allah said we would turn them to the way that they want and what an evil end result that they're going to have that's a ayat of the Quran showing Al-Udhur Bid-Jahil a person says something out of ignorance and he didn't mean to say it or to do it then he's not held accountable إِنَّ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا وَصَدُّوا عَنْ سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ وَشَاقُ الرَّسُولِ مِنْ بَعْدِ مَا تَبَيِّنَ لَهُمْ الْهُدَى That's what the ayah said سَيُحْبِتُ أَعْمَالُهُمْ Those people who disbelieve and those people who prevent people from coming to the way of Allah they stop people like the ignorant people here in the UK when the Sheikh Suleyman al-Ruhayli came to the UK to give some lessons and to give some duros because of their hizbiya, because of their jahil, they are people who you would call them qutta'at tariq, highway robbers. They come out in public with no shame and they warn people, don't attend the duros of the sheikh. Although when the sheikh Ibrahim Suleyman al-Ruhayli, when he was in the UK, when he was here in Britain, the UK, Allahu alam, but he was probably one of the most knowledgeable people in all of Europe, in Europe at that time. And then an ignorant person comes and says, you shouldn't listen to him. You shouldn't attend. He stops from the way of the sabil of Allah. إِنَّ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا وَصَدُّوا النَّاسِ أَنْ سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ وَشَاقُوا الرَّسُولِ مِنْ بَعْدِ مَا تَبَيَّنَ لَهُمُ الْهُدَى They disbelieve in Allah and they stop people from coming to the masjid. They stop people from doing good, from learning. And those people oppose the messenger. After the knowledge has come to them, these are the people that Allah will destroy their deeds. So the ayah goes to show both of them that when a person goes against the haq, after knowledge comes to him, then he's responsible. Now that doesn't mean if he's ignorant and he talks without knowledge that he's excused. He may be punished because he's talking about the religion without knowledge. He's talking about the religion without knowledge. So that's something that's a major sin. 
Don't talk about the dean without knowledge. Just because you excuse if you don't know, that means you get... No, doesn't mean that. But if a person really tried his level best, and he or she was sincere, the hijab that she has on is whacked out, is bugged out. That ain't the hijab of Al-Islam. But she's a brand spanking new Muslim. She doesn't know. So she's doing her best. So she wears a turban, and she, she has high skirt, and that socks go up. She doesn't know. So when we see how we say, A'udhu Billahi. Look at this. But no, ya akhi. Allah loves the excuse. She's excused. She doesn't know yet. He's a Bedouin. He doesn't know yet. He urinated in the masjid of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. This is the Dawah and this is the Deen of the Prophets and the Messengers. They give excuses. So we're given the explanation of the 40 hadith of the book, the Dawah and the Du'at. Our Dawah, the Dawah of the Sunnah, Al-Islam, is the Dawah of taking it easy and when people have legitimate excuses, you forgive them. You overlook them. So the father, he has a child who's not acting right. And he makes the father or the mother very upset. Before the father knocks his head off, before the father kicks him out, before the father gives up, the father should give him excuse. I didn't sit with him. I wasn't with him all of his life. I divorced his moms, and he's growing up by himself, so he doesn't have a mentor. It's easy just to blame the kid. You're not respecting me. You're disrespecting my name and the family. Why are you doing it? It's easy to do that. But the father has to know the prophet brought a religion, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, that looks for excuses for people. Legitimate excuses. The wife, she has four children, she has to cook, she has to clean, she has to iron, she has to wash, she has to take the kids to school, pick them up. So one day, she burns the food. And the man was hungry on that day, really hungry on that day. Hey, give that lady an excuse. She overslept, she's tired. Give an excuse. Everybody here should be people who give people excuses because as the hadith said, None of you truly believes you love for your brother what you love for yourself. So we want people to give us excuses, so we should give people excuses. This is the religion of the prophets and the messengers. Not just Rasulullah, but all of them. Salawatullahi wa salamuhu alayhim ajma'een. Look at the story of Yusuf. Yusuf. This is the way of all of the prophets. Not just Rasulullah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. All of the prophets. Yusuf's story is a tremendous story. We have given you one of the best stories in this story of Yusuf, and that we revealed the Quran. Tremendous story. Tremendous. Anyway, we're not here to tell the whole story, but after all of the drama and all of the problems that Yusuf suffered from his brothers, the closest people to him, from his awliya, the Aziz was responsible for Yusuf. The wife of the Aziz, they were the wali of Yusuf. But his wife made trouble for Yusuf, along with those women. Those women who oppressed Yusuf. Everybody oppressed Yusuf. The man that was in the jail, the two, one of them, you're going to be killed. You're going to be killed. As for the other one, they're going to let you out. You remember me and tell the king about me. He didn't tell the king about him. He left him, forgot about him. And he was innocent. Everybody oppressed him. Then Allah mentioned, and this is the point, 
in the part of the story when Yusuf had a chance to address all of his oppressors. He could have gotten revenge. He could have got all of them. He could have did something. But he said to them, as Allah mentioned in the Quran, قال, هَلْ أَلِنْتُمْ مَا فَعَلْتُمْ بِيُوسَفَ وَأَخِي وَإِذْ أَنْتُمْ جَاهِلُونَ قَالُوا أَإِنَّكَ لَأَنْتَ يُوسُفَ قَالَ أَنَا يُوسُفَ وَهَذَا أَخِي Yusuf said to all of them, You remember what you did to Yusuf? He didn't tell them that he was Yusuf. But he was talking to them with tobih, putting them down. Like, not in a nasty way, but to remind them what they did. You know what you did to Yusuf and his brother. You know what you all did to Yusuf and his brother when you were ignorant. You did that to them when you were ignorant. They said when they heard that, Are you Yusuf? He said, I'm Yosef, and this is my brother. And then the story went on. The point here is, Yosef had the opportunity and the ability to get revenge. Al-intiqam, al-intiqam. He was oppressed and dogged out by everybody. The same way you were oppressed. There's no one sitting here, but he feels someone oppressed him. Like Yosef, it could have been from his family members. They took his miraf. He has a right to share in the inheritance of his father. But the brothers, the sisters, the mother, they all took his money. They stole his land. He's been oppressed by his older sister, junior brother. Yusuf was oppressed. The Prophet ﷺ said, anyone who has been oppressed by someone, and then he forgives them, he has the ability to yantakum, to get revenge, and then he lets them go. He gives them a pass. He has the ability to get revenge, but he lets them go and he forgives them. The Prophet says, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, يُخَيِّرُ يَوْمُ الْقِيَامَ عَلَى رُؤُوسِ الشُّهَادِ يَوْمُ الْقِيَامَ That person will be put in front of all of the human beings. And it will be said to him, enter into any of the doors of a Jannah that you want to enter into. Because you forgave the person you could have gotten revenge from. وَالْكَاذِمِينَ الْغَيْبِ وَالْعَافِينَ عَنَ النَّاسِ وَاللَّهُ يُحِبُّ الْمُحْسِنِينَ Those people forgive people, Allah praise them. Those people, الْكَاذِمِينَ الْغَيْبِ Those people when they get mad and get management issues, they make الْكَذِمْ They calm themselves down. وَالْعَافِينَ عَنَ النَّاسِ And they forgive the people what they did. Allah loves the muhsineen. The muhsin, who is he? He is the one who worships Allah as though he sees Allah, and although he doesn't see Allah, he knows Allah sees him. So he forgives them because he wants to get forgiven. So those people, the prophets and the messengers came with an awful. Yusuf, he had a chance to get everybody. Get everybody. But he let him go. Sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So look at the ayat. You go, people, you know what you did to Yosef and to his brother. You even dogged his brother out. You did all of this drama, said that his brother stole and you lied on him. But you did that when you were ignorant. That's Yosef's excuse for them. If entum jahilud, you were ignorant. You were ignorant. If you knew, Yomul Qiyam, you're going to be responsible for this. If you knew what goes around, comes around. If you knew Yusuf was a Nabi and a Wali from the Odi of Allah, if you knew that, ilm al-yaqeen, you wouldn't have done that. Yusuf had this thing about giving people excuses. Ya akhi, 
We find today people giving dawah, we are the last people who give excuses to the people. We are the last people. All of the people from all of these jama'at. But I'm talking about the jama'at of the truth, inshallah, the firqat al-najiyah, alul hadith. The people who put the kalam of Allah and His Messenger before everybody else. The Quran before everything and the Sunnah before every Shaykh and Imam. No matter who that Shaykh or that Imam is. You'll find people on Salafiyyah giving doubt Allah and Salafi people, some of the roughest, toughest people when it comes to dealing with people. And doubt. But this hadith is just not for dawah. This hadith is also for the Father. You're rough and tough, Yaqi. Your kid's intellect is not complete. Your kid is living in 2022. It's difficult. Your kid is at that tumultuous time. 16 years old, 15 years old, they start tripping out. You see, when they're little and they're cuddly and they're real small, you be like how beautiful they are. At three and four years old, they smile, they make you laugh, they keep getting big. By the time they get 15, 16, you start to feel, A'udhu Billahi, from the harakat of your child. That's why I want to tell you, brothers, you have young children, love them up. Love them shabab up while they're young and innocent. Because once they get 15, 16, you start saying, Do you have magic? We got to get rookie on you. Allahi. And then we have children like that. And we don't know what to do about it. What do you do? You say, I used to be like that. I used to be like that. I gave my mother a hard time, meaning us. We give excuses before we destroy. That's Yusuf. Look at Suleiman, salawatullahi wassalamu alayhi. Suleiman and his father, Dawood, they were in the Quran and in the Sunnah, and one of the important aspects of their dawah was judging in people's cases. So if you're ever put in the position of judging, you have to give excuses. You have to give excuses if you are judged. If the thing is not clear, then give excuses to people. Look at the story of Sulaiman. Allah Ta'ala mentioned, Sulaiman when Sulaiman was about to travel out to the queen of Sheba, who was a non-Muslim, and Sulaiman is traveling, Sulaiman said in this ayah, Surah An-Naml, the Surah of the End, he looked at his army and he said, where is the Hudhud bird, the Hupi, the Hudhud bird, where is he at? He's not here. Why is he absent? Why and is he from those who are Ghaibin, the absent? Suleiman said, I am going to punish him a severe punishment, or I'm going to kill him, I'm going to slaughter him if he doesn't bring me a good reason. If he doesn't bring me a good reason. So when someone is absent and he made a mu'id with you, an appointment, you're going to go to dinner, you're going to go on this trip, and he's not there on time, you start getting mad. Where is he at? I can't believe it. He's not here. He know what time. We agreed. Yaqi, the Arab said, Al-Ghaib, عِنْدُهُ The one who's not there, 
his reason for being absent is with him. Take it easy till you see him. Don't go crazy. That's something that gets into my central nervous system. When someone says, we're going to go at this time, pick you up, we're going to leave it, and they don't come. Central nervous system. Calm yourself down. He's an individual. Maybe this happened. Maybe that happened. La'allah. Rubbama. Asa. All of those are words in Arabic to say, maybe it's possible. La'allah. Asa. Rubbama. Yunkin. Give him an excuse. Sulaiman said, I'm going to punish him because he's supposed to be in the army. He's supposed to be, you know, murtabat with the rules and regulations of the deen. Rules and regulations of the army. He has no excuse. Oversleeping this, you and the army, man. But Suleiman said, if he doesn't bring an excuse, this is what I'm going to... But if he brings a legitimate excuse, I'll let him go. And he was a bird. And he was a bird. That's what Allah said. We have honored Adam's children. That's a human being. That's your brother. That's your brother in Islam. Your sister. It's your mother, your father. You can't give them excuses. Suleiman can give the bird excuses. Yusuf gave his brothers who dogged them out an excuse. If entum jahilun. They were ignorant. Suleiman, powerful Nabi. Powerful king. Little bird, hudhud. He's not... Guy, he doesn't have his face up in the sauce. Suleiman threatened, I'm going I'm, I'm to punish him. Or I'm going to slaughter him. If he doesn't bring an excuse. Another example is the story of Suleiman. Allah just mentioned in the same surah. And this is for what the scholars use as delil to show in Al-Islam. We give excuses. It's a teaching and a lesson from the Quran. It's a lesson from the sunnah. Allah Ta'ala mentioned, Hatta idha atau ala wadin namil. قَالَتْ نَمْرَةٌ يَا أَيُّهَا النَّمْلُ أُدْخُلُوا مَسَاكِنَكُمْ لَا يَحْتِمَنَّكُمْ سُلَيْمَانُ وَجُنُودُهُ وَأَنْتُمْ وَهُمْ لَا يَشْعُرُونَ Tremendous benefit in the ayah. One of... When Sulaiman and his big, big army came, army of the jinn, army of the animals, army of the men, army of the angels, they're going towards, towards the queen of Sheba. Allah said, there was an ant from amongst the ants who saw this big army coming. And that ant said to the other ants, hey you ants, get into your homes. Get into the, you know, where you're living. So that Suleiman and his army do not trample you people, trample over you while they don't know. They're not aware. You're small, they can't see you, they can't hear you. They'll come and step on you and destroy the whole colony of ants. But did they mean to do that? They didn't mean to do that. They didn't know that you were there. Excuse for the one who doesn't know. So when a person makes a mistake and he does something, even if his shit can kufr, don't be too quick to judge him as a kafir. He makes mistakes, he does something that's an innovation. Don't be too quick to judge him as an innovator. Everyone who falls into an action of kufr, kufr doesn't fall on him. Everyone who falls into an action of innovation, innovation doesn't fall on him. He doesn't necessarily become an innovator. Some of the companions used to say, Ma sha'Allah wa shitta ya Rasulullah. 
It is as Allah wants and as you want. Ya Rasulullah, that's kufrun billah, shirkun billah. They used to say things like, the rain came down last night because of this planet or that planet. That's kufrun and shirkun billahi. They didn't mean it that way. Some of those companions used to wrap around themselves, their babies, their riding animals, the tama'im, the ta'weez, the tamima, seeking protection. Some of them would say to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, ij'allana that al-anwaq, kamalahum, that al-anwaq. Ya Rasulullah, we're about to meet the kuffar and we're going to fight them. And we're the people of La ilaha illallah. But you see, they have a tree that they're getting power and energy, and that tree is going to help them in the battle. Make us a tree like their tree so that it'll be even. Rasulullah told them, This is kufr, this is shirk. You asked me the same thing that Bani Israel asked of Musa when they arrived on the other side. They said, Make for us a tree. Make for us a tree. So the point here is, those companions made mistakes. Scholars of Islam, they make mistakes. You make a mistake. The person giving da'wah Allah on the member, he's pumped up on Friday, and he's just riled up. He's excited. He's passionate. He wants to say, Wallahi, we have to worship Allah alone and not make shirk. This was his niyyah. Instead of saying that, in the heat of the moment, he said, Wallahi, we have to worship the Nabi with ikhlas. He didn't mean to say that. But when you hear that, you say, Oh, 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 khalas, khalas, kufrun was shirk. The Imam, the Khatib is a kafir. I can't pray behind him. He didn't mean that. And this is what we find with the ghulat of a jarh with tajrih. The mu'min is the one who looks for excuses for people. You have to look for excuses. Not just in da'wah, but with the people that you are dealing with. As it relates to the Prophet of Islam, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, and we can give you other examples of the Prophets and the Messengers, Sallallahu Alaihi Ajma'een, and how in their stories they gave excuses, showing us, look for excuses for people. His thobe is below his ankle. Look for an excuse for the person. He cut his beard. Look for it. Don't look at people and say, look at this guy. Look what happened with the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Sayyid Bukhari. Abdullah ibn Abbas said, one of the companions came to Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. His name was Ma'iz. Ma'iz ibn Malik. Ma'iz. Meme Alif Ain Za. Ma'iz ibn Malik. May Allah be pleased with him. He came. And said, Ya Rasulullah, committed zina. I fornicated and I married. The Prophet said to him, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, La'allaka qabbalt. Maybe you just kissed. He said, No. La'allaka gamast. Maybe you just winked at her. You didn't do, maybe you just winked. He said, No. La'allaka nadart. Maybe you just looked at it. You didn't do it. Maybe you just looked at it. He said, No. He said, I did it. It happened. I did it. After he said he did it, they established a hut on him. May Allah be pleased with him. But do you see what the Prophet said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam? Allah, Rubbama, Asa. Maybe you didn't know. Maybe it was a dream. Maybe it was this. That man knew what he did. 
But that's the prophet looking and giving people excuses. The man could have said, yes, 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 I just kissed. All right, go away, make toba. He wouldn't have lost his life. But the man had iman, like in the hadith. That lady who came and did the same thing, and the people were saying, oh, how can you come and say something like that? Rasulullah said, don't say that. Don't help the shaitan on your brother. Don't help the shaitan on the Muslim, your sister. He says, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, if you put her iman in the mizan, and the iman of 70 of the people of Medina, her iman would have been more because her coming and exposing herself, she didn't want to be punished, yom al-qiyamah. The point here is, maybe you were this, maybe you that, maybe you didn't. And that's what the companions were upon. Listen to what the man said. His name is Abdullah ibn Abi Mulaika. Write that down. Abdullah ibn Abi Mulaika. And go back and find this effort and keep it with you for future references, insha'Allah. Qal, adraktu thirathin min ashabin nabiyyi sallallahu alayhi wasallam. He said, I met 30 of Rasulullah's companions. I didn't meet them all. 100,000. I met only 30. He said, every one of them, they said, as it relates to abandoning deeds, they said the only deed if you abandon it, you're a kafir. was salat. If they knew that you didn't pray, they said you're a kafir. They didn't give you any excuses. They said you are a munafiq. That's because of the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, al-ahd, al-ladhi baynana wa baynahum as-salat. Man tarakaha faqad kafir. The difference between us and those people is the prayer. Whoever abandons it is a kafir. Bain al-rajul wal-kufr tarkuhu as-salat. Between a man and disbelief is his abandoning the prayer. There are adilla to show. If you don't pray, wallahi billahi tallahi. That's kufrun billah. It could be kufr that takes you out of religion and it's definitely kufr of actions. That's a kufr action of kufr. So this man, Abdullah ibn Abi Mulaika, he said, I met 30 of the companions, Ali, Fatima, Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, and others. They said, if you, the only thing you abandon, your kafir, is salat. But if they saw someone in the month of Ramadan eating, in the month of Ramadan during the daytime, they said, Rubbama, Asa, La'alla, maybe he's a traveler, maybe he's sick, maybe he has a reason. If they saw someone didn't go for jihad, he didn't go, they didn't say you're a kafir. They said, la'alla, rubbama, maybe he has to stay behind with his mother. Maybe he doesn't have a marqob, an animal, maybe, la'alla, asa. If they saw a lady walking down the middle of the street with no hijab, the companions, they didn't say kafira. They said, maybe she's an emma, maybe she's a slave girl. They don't have to wear hijab. Maybe she's a new Muslim. Maybe she's from the Badia. She's from the Bedouins. We don't know. For salat, they say this is kufr. This kufr. The munafiqun, those people, they don't pray. And if they do pray, they just pray riya and the nas. That's it. That's why we have to be serious about telling our children and teaching this issue, not praying when I don't, you know, I don't know, you think you're fooling me. This is a serious issue. It's a serious issue. 
So the point is, this was the da'wah of the prophets and the messengers and the da'wah of our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallamu And from this bab, ikhwani, is the bab of not having bad opinions about the Muslims. When you see Muslims doing things, is that your job and my job to open up people's chests to say why is he and why isn't she? What about all of us? Allah mentioned in the Quran, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu ishtanibu adhan ishtanibu kathiram min adhan inna ba'd adhan ithmun Oh you believe, avoid much speculation because speculation is a sin to speculate you don't have clear proofs the Prophet says sallallahu alayhi wa sallam iyyakum wadhan Listen to this hadith. Beware, beware of speculating, of dhan. Because when you speculate, more times than not, you're wrong. It's the speech that is lying, it's deceitful more than anything. You didn't get the receipts. You didn't get all of the receipts yet. So don't make an opinion. I was traveling recently to America. People were saying, you're getting ready to do a program with a brother who, he, I tell you, his name is Daniel Hakikatu. You're getting ready to do a program with a brother. He's this, he's that. I say, give me the receipts. Give me the receipts. They sent me the receipts. And those receipts were real. He had a connection with some people. In the beginning, it's a problem. Talked bad about my Sheikh Ali Al-Halabi, who we are doing this book. His book, Rahimahullahu Ta'ala, should not be upset, should not be mad, talking evil about my sheikh, who was oppressed, and now it's a chance, I'm going to go and sit with, no. Some of the things that he said about African Americans who were shot down in cold blood by the police in America, and it appears as if he's mocking the, mocking the, the um, oppression of African Americans. That man, George Floyd, who they stood on his neck for seven minutes until the life, you know, came out of his body and they killed him in cold blood. Before getting killed, he had a checkered pass. He had a bad pass. He did all kinds of things. Getting high, porno. He did a lot of things. I ain't got nothing to do with what he did. My issue is the way they killed that man. So if you come and you minimize that, it's very insensitive. So the people, were, they sent me the receipts. They sent me the receipts. But I still went. Why did I go? So that I could talk to the brother. So that I could pull the brother to the side. As for him taking from people who have takfir and who do this and do that, yeah, that, 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 that seems to be true. But how many of us in our journey in Islam and to the point we are today, we had a past where we did the wrong thing. How many of us? So take it easy. Take it easy. Make excuses. When one person was giving me advice and he saw that I went, he said, Oh, uh, you'll never take from you anymore. You sit with the deviant. But I say, hey, uh, as you like. As you like. That's up to you. But it's the job of the messenger. Just give the message. You give the person the advice. Allah Ta'ala mentioned the Qur'an وَمَا عَلَى الرَّسُولِ إِلَّا الْبَلَاغُ الْمُبِينَ It's the responsibility of the messenger. Give advice. Advise the person. You can't force them to take what you say. 
فذكر انما ذكر واستا ايه لست عليهم بمسيطر You're not put over them, Ya Muhammad, to make them follow. That's not your job, giving da'wah. فَذَكِّرْ إِنْ نَفَعَةِ الذِّكْرِ Remind them if the remembrance benefits. And it's not the job of the one giving da'wah that people take your job, da'wah, take what you, your advice. What we do is, we find people want to be the judge, the jury, and the executioner. Don't be like that. Don't be like that. This is what we want to present today. Inshallah ta'ala, if you brothers have any questions about today's darsh, you can. The way of the people of the salaf, the salaf of this ummah, look for excuses for the people. And Imam Muhammad ibn Sirin, ibn Sirin, he said if your brother does something that's wrong, then look for an excuse, make an excuse. And if you can't find an excuse for him, say to yourself, Maybe my brother has an excuse that I don't know of. That I don't know of. You know, but the people, the nature of the people, we love train wrecks. We love to witness train wrecks. And we love to see drama. So when someone else is doing something, somehow in the hearts of the people, in the minds of the people who have sicknesses, when they see the other people doing wrong, it somehow justifies and makes that person forget his own mistakes. Look at her hijab. It's not like that. Look what he said. Look where they go. Look where he went. Look. Amen. Take it easy. If Allah were to take all of the people and hold them accountable and responsible for what they did and what they didn't do from the things they should have done, he wouldn't have left on the earth a single human being. We're going to stop here, inshallah, azawajal. If you brothers have any questions, you can put your questions forward, inshallah. Tafadda ya akhi. Is there a limit for giving people excuses? Is there a limit? It depends on the situation, who you're dealing with, what they're doing, and so forth and so on. Prophet ﷺ was approached by one of his companions. He was a good companion. All the companions are good. His father was the chief of the munafiqeen. His name is Abdullah ibn Ubay ibn Sulul, troublemaker. When the father died, the son came and said, Ya Rasulullah, can I have something from your clothing so I can shroud my father in the clothes? Rasulullah gave him his shirt, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, At-Tabarruq. We believe in At-Tabarruq with Rasulullah. The companions used to take his water and from wudu and they would keep it. They used to take the sweat off of his face and use it on themselves and their children as perfume for Friday. They would keep his hair. They would keep his blood when for, for hijama. But no other sheikh should you do that. No sheikh, even if he's from the sunnah. He comes and drinks from the glass and he leaves it. And then we, got, we come and get that and we save it. We ain't doing that for any sheikh. No sheikh. Only for the Nabi of Islam. So this young man, this companion, he said, Ya Rasulullah, would you pray over my father? Rasulullah said, yes. His janazah came. Rasulullah was about to pray over the janazah of the munafiq. Umar radiallahu anhu came and said quietly, Ya Rasulullah, he's a munafiq. You remember he did this, he did that. He, this man made a lot of problems for the ummah. A lot of problems. He said many things against Islam, against Rasulullah, against the da'wah, against the ummah. Ya Rasulullah. Do you remember? He said this, he said that, he said this, he said that. 
the prophet says sallallahu alaihi wasallam akhani ya umar umar take it easy back up back up khayyarni lah allah gave me a choice in tastaghfir lahum am lan tastaghfir lahum in tastaghfir lahum 70 marra falan yaghfir allah lahum tremendous ayah answer the question first that man there allah said umar take it easy Allah gave me a choice. Allah said about the munafiqeen, if I ask Allah to forgive them or I don't ask Allah to forgive them, Allah won't forgive them even if you ask 70 times. Rasulullah said I'll ask 71 times. 71. And then Allah made it impermissible. La tusalli wa la tusalli ala ahadin minhum mata abadan wa la taqum ala qabrihi innahum kafaru billahi wa rasulihi wa matu wa hum fasiqun do not stand on any of their graves if they pray if they die don't pray on any of them and don't go to their graveyard when they die Non-Muslims, munafiqun. The scholars took from this ayat the impermissibility of making du'a for non-Muslims, no matter who they are. You can't go to their grave. You can't make du'a for them at their grave and so forth and so on. Don't pray on them. Don't stand there ever, ever. Why? Because they disbelieve in Allah and His Messenger, and they died as fasiqun. So this man, Rasulullah said, I make istighfar seventy times, knowing full well all of the drama that the man made. So it depends on the situation. There's an individual who the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam didn't give him an excuse. The man who when he was sleeping the man took his knife, his sword and he was going to kill the Prophet. And he said who's going to help you against me ya Muhammad? The knife fell after Prophet Muhammad said Allah, Allah, Allah. Rasulullah picked it up, held it against the man. Who's going to help you? He said, "Oh, give me a break. Let me go. Don't kill me." He said, "Okay. You say la ilaha illallah?" The man said, "No." He said, "But I promise, I won't fight you again." Rasulullah let him go. They had another battle and that man was fighting against the Muslims. They caught him a second time. When they brought him to the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam, he said, "Ya Muhammad, let me go. You know you good." He said, "La yuldigu mu'min marratayn min hufratin wahid." The believer is not stung from the same hole twice. And he did he dealt with that man. And Allah is a'la and a'lam. Any more questions, ikhwani? Good question, my man. Any more questions? My man, little man, what's your name? What? Idris? It's your first time in this class? What's your class? What's your question, Idris? What if the sin was so bad? What? Then there was no excuse. Allah knows best. Two brothers in the deen. One was religious, one was not religious. The religious one who was praying, he had a beard. He was fasting, he was doing all the things, giving dawa, he was teaching, he was learning. His brother who looked like he didn't have any excuse. He was doing all the major sins. He was drinking, he was smoking, he was beating up people, he was stealing, he was doing everything bad, everything. The good one said to him, "Hey, you better stop doing what you're doing." The religious one said, "Hey, you not you not you haven't been made a a, a wakil over me." You're not responsible for me. Leave me to Allah. Leave me to Allah. Allah judge me. You're not my judge. 
And then the set guy saw him again doing bad things. He was in the masjid, tearing up the Quran. He was doing crazy stuff. Doing crazy stuff. The religious ones say, hey, hey, stop what you're doing. You better stop what you're doing. The irreligious say, hey, hey, lead me to my Lord. You haven't been made or a kill. You're not responsible for me. And then the third time, the religious guy saw him doing something really bad. Really bad. Worse than the other times. And he got angry. He said, hey, hey, you better stop what you're doing because wallahi, Allah won't forgive you and Allah won't put you into the Jannah. Allah caused both of those people to die. The one who was doing evil deeds and he didn't make tawbah from them. He died before he made tawbah. Allah said to him, told the angels, take him to Jannah. Take him to Jannah. He didn't even make tawbah. And then Allah said to the one who was practicing, Are you, do you know everything about me, Allah? You know who I'll forgive, who I won't forgive? You know, you know everything about me to say what you said? Are you in charge of the keys of my treasures, the keys to Jannah, my maghfirah? To say, Wallahi Allah won't forgive you. Allah said, take this one, throw him in a hellfire. Abu Huraira, the narrator of the hadith, may Allah be pleased with him, said, that man destroyed his dunya and his akhirah because he spoke without knowledge. وَلَا تَقْفُ مَا لَيْسَ لَكَ بِهِ عِلْمٍ إِنَّ السَّمَعَ وَالْبَصْرِ وَالْفُؤَادِ كُلُّ أُولَئِكَ كَانَ عَنْهُ مَسْؤُولًا Don't talk about and go after what you have no knowledge about. Your eyesight, your ears, your heart, your thoughts, your intentions, all of that's going to be looked into. So Abu Huraira said, this man, he's giving dawah, he's practicing the religion, he's a student of knowledge, she has jilbab, doing all of this stuff, praying at night, praying for you, all of that. But talked about the religion with knowledge. And as a result of that, he went to the hellfire. So who's to say, who's to say they have no excuse? قُلْ يَا إِبَادِيَ الَّذِينَ أَسْرَفُوا عَلَىٰ أَنفُسِهِمْ لَا تَقْنَتُ مِنْ رَحْمَةِ اللَّهِ إِنَّ اللَّهَ يَغْفِرُ ذَنُوبَ جَمِيعًا Oh, you people who have gone overboard and you exceeded the limits in making sins, don't despair from the rahmah of Allah. Allah will forgive every sin. The only sin he won't forgive is shirk. If a person dies on shirk and kufr, that's a different story. Hada wa sallallahu wa sallam wa barak ala nabiyyina subhanaka Allahumma wa bihamdika wa ashadu an la ilaha illa illa Allah illa ant astaghfiruka wa tubu ilayk. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. This recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid. For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides, please visit www.greenlanemasjid.org.